Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray and Roxanne Vasa. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Neil. So this week, we have quite a few great topics lined up. We will first cover the Chinese internet firms that are up to acquire Opera software for a huge $1.2 billion. We have a new 40 million European fund called Karma Ventures in Europe. And we have also a long under the radar accommodation marketplace, student.com, that has announced 60 million in funding. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We also have the opportunity to catch up with some of the Karma Ventures team. And finally, we will close it with a wrap-up of all of these new funds popping up in Europe and what does it actually mean. So kicking off today with Opera Software, I think this is huge news for Europe. They have received a 1.2 billion acquisition offer from a group that owns several Chinese internet firms. So that's Golden Brick Silk Road. It's the investor behind Kunlun and Kihu 360, which one of them is a mobile games platform and another is an antivirus publisher. They have announced they would like to acquire 100% of the publicly listed Norway-based company, so that's Opera. Seems that these firms are particularly interested in being able to cross-sell their products on to Opera's user base, and they also are looking into the benefits of Opera's growing mobile advertising platform. So that looks like a pretty great situation for them. And Opera, on the other hand, uh, will have access to Kunlun and Kihu's user base in China, which I think we're talking about a pretty solid user base there, as well as financing from the group. So overall, sounds like a pretty good deal for Opera. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And it's a really big deal for Europe. I mean, Opera is one of those companies that have been around before the dot-com. It's one of the earliest kind of big software companies that came out of Europe. So to see it be bought in this manner at that price, I think is pretty good. It's actually quite a big markup on their current share price as well, over 50% markup. And mainly that's to do with a, a stronger Q4. So for a little bit of history, Opera have been trying to sell the company for a year, maybe two, or quite some time. And they had been struggling a little bit, treading a bit of water and kind of trying to figure out what was differentiating themselves, I guess. But in the last kind of six months, they really picked up again, really strong performance. Q4 was a lot more promising as well. So it's kind of all picked up again. And perhaps that has led to the buyer. Interestingly enough, I was actually at their offices last week, just before this was announced. And I, I kind of said to a couple of people, well, you know, how, how's the sale going almost jokingly, you know, saying, have you sold the company yet? And actually, people were saying, well, actually, things are better. Q4 is really strong for us, stuff like that. So things are on the up. And then I, <laughs> I said, well, I guess that means the sale is even more likely then. And yeah, so I guess I was right. I didn't expect this to come quite so quickly after I suggested that. And actually, I think the price tag is pretty big as well. The other thing to note is this was VC-backed. That's not an exit per se, because it's already a publicly listed company. Um, But it was originally VC-backed. So the last VC, free VC-backed over 1 million acquisitions or exits have now come from the Nordics. Of course, I want to bang the drum for, for the region that I so often talk about. So that's also another little stat. Yeah, and I think we'll definitely have to pay attention also to more China-Europe deals. I think we often pay a lot of attention to U.S. acquisitions, but we could probably expect to see things heating up with China. Now, seems we are announcing a new European-based fund every week. (laughs) So this week, it's new Luxembourg-based fund Karma Ventures that is making its debut. So 
We've mentioned numerous funds before. So some examples are Felix Capital, Mosaic in London. We have Daphne and now Side Capital in France. Uh, we've covered a few more on the podcast as well. So now we have Karma, which is founded by some of the former team at Ambient Sound Investments, which is an Estonian fund, is launching in Luxembourg and to cover all of Europe. Though it seems most of the main LPs in the new fund are actually Ambient Sound Investments and Baltic Innovation Fund. So there may be a lot of focus on the Northern and Baltic region. They have said that their investment thesis is to go pan-European and to focus on startups raising primarily Series A. They're also looking to start making these investments relatively quickly so we can start to see them active as of March or April of this year. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see another fund pop up in this space and particularly this size and, and looking at this region, although they are saying pan-European, like you say. I'm aware of Ambient Sound Investments for making a couple of investments in the Nordics in the last couple of years. So they've certainly been able to do that. But what interests me is, you know, it's another fund competing for that kind of round size at that Series A type level. So yeah, I mean, I know we're going to discuss this at the end, but it's it's interesting to think about how these funds can now differentiate themselves because before there was you know not much choice in Europe or at least not as much choice as there is now. So we we discuss that at the end, but I think it is just worth noting out pointing out at this point that it is another kind of similar size fund, similar focus, pan European, and similar kind of round size as well at Series A. Yeah, and it seems whenever we mention Estonia, we also somehow have to mention Skype. So two of Skype's founding engineers have also joined the team. It looks like they'll be primarily focused on doing solid technical due diligence on the different startups that they'll be working with. And I know we've, we've mentioned that they actually seem very broadly based may not be the case. They've actually pretty much excluded gaming as a vertical that they will be investing in. Yeah, which is odd because actually perhaps this does kind of give more credence to the fact that they will be pan-European and not focusing just on Nordic and Baltics because obviously there's a lot of gaming talent in that region. So it would be odd to, to kind of exclude that if you're looking at other areas because there is a big pool to tap into. But maybe that is because they think, well, actually there's a lot of funds already looking at gaming. We won't do that. So yeah, perhaps this is a way of kind of what they want to, to focus on to, to make themselves a little bit different. But it is a little bit odd because of the talent in particularly in the Baltic and Nordic region in gaming. So we'll be speaking to one of the Karma founders uh, later on the podcast, and we'll be able to catch up on exactly what is their geographic focus and what is the deal going on with their focus on gaming. So now we have a very exciting round of funding coming from student.com. So that's an accommodations marketplace, not surprisingly for students. It has long been under the radar. And this last week, they broke the news with a 60 million round of funding. So before we jump into this topic, I just have to say, I wish that this type of thing had existed back when I was a student. It's a platform to essentially simplify student housing. It's designed particularly for students looking in new countries. So I'm guessing that it's mainly for study abroad students and Erasmus students. The 60 million round was led by VY Capital, which a fund I didn't know was founded in 2013 by former investors from DST Global in Russia. So looks like they have a pretty solid founding team. Other investors in this round include Horizons Ventures, Expa, 
And there are a few business angels that I think are almost expected, given that one of the founders on the team is Shaq Khan. So the business angels include Xiaomi VP of International, so that's Hugo Barra, and two of the Spotify founders. So for anyone who doesn't know Shaq, he was previously head of special projects at Spotify. He's also got his hands in a number of really different solid projects throughout the world. I was going to say just Europe, but it's actually all over the place. And he is joined by two additional co-founders, John Paul Jones and Luke Nolan, who was previously founders, a founder of Overseas Student Living. So he probably has some good experience to bring with him. Yeah, some impressive names mentioned there. And actually, when we previously talked about kind of our European tech person of the year, when we were discussing that back at Christmas and who the candidates were, actually, we, we perhaps did shack a disservice by by not mentioning him because he is someone who has been around for a while. But as you said to me earlier in the week, he, he has been under the radar at the same time. So he's someone very interesting that, that we should or that you should know about. We are actually due to catch up with him in time for next week's podcast. So you can look forward to that. Also, notable in, in terms of the investors well that's you mentioned the Spotify founders Daniel Eck and Martin Lorenzen and that's actually I believe it's Daniel Eck's first angel investment so that's quite interesting that they are now starting perhaps it is just the Shaq connection because he was one of the first angel investors in Spotify but either way it might be kind of uh, an interesting one to follow whether this is just a one-off or whether they will continue to, to kind of look for other startups now that they're in that position of being one of the the kind of um, more mature people in the ecosystem. And finally, I, I I have to admit, I'd never heard of this company before. So I'd heard of Shaq before, never heard of this company. And all of a sudden, they're raising a 60 million Series C round. So a huge round. And uh, yeah, I mean, talk about Shaq being under the radar. For me, student.com have definitely been under the radar. Yeah, I would, I would also have to say, given the amount that they've raised now, we should be expecting to see quite a lot from them. So by this next academic year, so that's fall of 2016, all 420 cities listed on the website will have properties for students. I think that's close to 1,000 universities that you can now find housing for. And the company already has offices in London, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and New York. So I have to say to the guys that managed to keep this one under the radar, bravo, because that was quite, quite a good job, I feel. And it's definitely a company that we should all be watching. So now we have the opportunity to catch up with one of the Karma Ventures founders, so Margus Udam, to learn a little bit more about the fund. So, Margus, thank you so much for being with us. Obviously, you are one of the co-founders of Karma Ventures. We've talked about it a little bit already on the podcast, but we'd love to hear kind of the background story, the inside scoop, I guess we could call it. So I'll let you tell us a little bit more about the fund. Yes, sure. So um, the story really goes back to Skype. And um, when Skype was sold to eBay, the four founding engineers of Skype for Estonians uh, so they started to invest in, in startups and, uh, and they actually formed a portfolio of um, 30 companies uh, globally. So we, we have had investments in the US, in Asia, in Europe. And me and my, and my colleague Christian Lanema, we, we joined Ambient Sound Investments, the holding vehicle, um, about 2008, so uh, to manage the, the venture capital portfolio. And as most of the investments are right now exited, there are still few in, in the portfolio, we, we, we thought what is the kind of best experience we, we have had from, from our investments and what would be the kind of right next steps. So um, the idea came to, to set up a fund and, and mainly focus on A round and at this time uh, mostly uh, to European startups. 
So um, this is briefly how we, we came up with the fund. And, and having been in a fundraising process for, for over two years right now, so we are, we are very happy to, to get started. Super. So actually, Neil and I discussed this a little bit earlier. You do have some LPs that are obviously based in the Baltics. Should we expect to see a lot of investments from you guys in the northern and Baltic region? Or are you really going after all of Europe? Our fund will, uh, will actually invest uh, across uh, all Europe. So obviously, uh, Baltics and Nordic countries are more in focus as we are, we are more close to these regions. Um, but um, again, referring to our global experience, uh, we, we are very happy to, to take a look at all European startups. And, and from our previous experience as well, the pipeline is coming in from UK, from Germany, from France, Denmark, Nordics, and, and, and so on. So um, I think managing European portfolio is relatively more easy than managing global portfolio that, that we actually did before. Great. And you mentioned actually that you guys are targeting Series A because it's not very well covered in the Baltic region. Does that mean that early stage funding, kind of seed and maybe pre-seed, there's a lot of capital there or is all early stage funding in general underserved? So Baltic market is developing very fast right now. And there are a number of uh, new angel investors, number of new startups. So um, I, I think the seed phase and, and pre-seed is, is really, relatively well covered in, in Baltics. Um, there is still definitely lack of, of Series A around, and not only in Baltics, but I would say still all over Europe. So um, if we look, for example, the statistics, how well US startups are funded, Asian startups even, how well they are funded, then Europe is, um, is still relatively in, in weaker position. So that's why we, we are really happy to, to focus on CRSA across Europe and, and, and mostly to, to consider investments into startups that actually create technologies. So um, in every vertical, there are, there are startups who use technology and for their services and, and products and, and also startups who create technologies. So um, we, we definitely keep focus mostly on, on startups that are technology creators in their verticals. And, and in that sense, we are interested across all different verticals. Great. And I think one thing that we saw that kind of caught our attention um, was that you guys are not looking at investing in gaming. Is that correct? Yes. So we have done uh, in the past a few gaming investments as well. But, um, but actually, the Skype, Skype co-founders, uh, they have done gaming startup earlier in their career as well. And as they figured out how hard it is, <laughs> really it is. So, um, so uh, we, we really believe that uh, to make gaming investments, uh, one needs to build up a portfolio of, of gaming startups. So, um, so that is a key reason why, why we, uh, we don't invest directly in, in games. But actually, technologies that help to create games uh, or technologies behind the games. Uh, so again, this, this is definitely the area we, we are very happy to consider. Okay, so you will be doing game-related technologies. Great. And I realize you guys haven't actually announced any investments yet, but if there are any startups uh, that you would like to mention that we keep an eye on, uh, let me know. Is there one that you'd like to make a shout out to? 
So the work with steel is, is, is still ongoing and, uh, and it's probably too early to, to name any of them. But I suspect that the first deals would, would come out of Nordic, Denmark or, or Baltic markets. Um, We're very happy to uh, talk to all, all interested startups. So uh, the easiest way is probably go to our website karma.vc and find the person um, you, you'd like to have a contact with. And of course, alternative is to, to also write to our general email, good at karma.vc. Great. Marcus, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, it was great you had an opportunity to catch up with them and hear a little bit more about what they will focus on and how they will kind of differentiate themselves. And that's actually what we're going to now talk about and have a little discussion around. Because like I said to you at the, at the beginning of this podcast, a couple of years ago, there wasn't really much choice between <laughs> investors in Europe. So it's quite, you know, investors didn't really have to compete. But now all of these funds are popping up all of the time. Now there is some competition, you know, and founders and startups have a choice of what investors to work with. So how do these new funds go about differentiating themselves when they're all pan-European, they're all focusing on seed or series A? And one thing I think will be a kind of trend in, in VC, and we're already seeing it happen to quite an extent in Europe, is that these funds will start focusing on verticals and becoming very specific in terms of niches. So we have Felix who have backed Farfetch, so they are very much in the, the kind of fashion space. Uh, we have Point Nine Capital very much in kind of the, the SaaS space. So we're already seeing examples of these funds and point nine, they invest in Europe, they invest in the US as well. And actually what they say, their focus is SaaS rather than a geographic focus. So for me, I think one thing we'll begin to see in Europe is rather, you know, everyone will be pan-European pretty much, or the majority will, but then they will differentiate themselves by focusing on verticals. I wonder what you think about that, Roxanne. Yeah, I think we're starting, obviously, with. I feel like this is a new generation of funds that we're yeah. starting to see. A lot of the kind of like older historical funds in France, names that come to mind include uh, Partech was one of the first funds in France. These guys, I think, are staying very general, but they're actually now branching out to cover more of the investment spectrum. So we have early stage fund, we now have growth funds, you know, we have it's filling out all the different gaps. And I think the new generation of funds, which is essentially either people leaving their previous fund to go launch a new fund or kind of these investor entrepreneur turned investor types, I think they tend to specialize much more because they've kind of really got their hands in one particular segment or one particular geography or something like that. So what was very interesting about Felix is I think Frederick Kaur, for example, who was previously at Advent, kind of investing across the board, he's now going really for a lifestyle angle, which is still pretty broad if you think about it. How do you actually define lifestyle company? But I do agree with you that I think some of them are making they're taking their segment and they're not even saying Europe only anymore. They're just based here and they're kind of running the whole spectrum. So I think we'll continue to see that. And the other specialization that I think we've seen, it's maybe not a specialization outside of Europe, but now the fact that a lot of these funds are bringing together entrepreneurs or trying to integrate entrepreneurs into the mm -hmm. funds, I think that is obviously a differentiation strategy. And there was a, a recent fund I mentioned, Side Capital, earlier that was just launched in France, this one is another completely entrepreneur-founded fund. So I think that is an, another thing that we should expect to see a lot of going forward. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And like you say, we've started to see examples of this uh, already. Also with Atomico that we've talked about, Index also doing it as well. So yeah, we're definitely seeing that. I agree. I think we'll see more of that as, as kind of the European ecosystem gets more mature. And we have these people that have kind of led successful companies, been successful entrepreneurs, will kind of start you know, being active at the investor stage as well. And I think that will benefit Europe as well. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that trend as well. But that's it for this week. We will be back next week as usual. You can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Acast. Please do subscribe to the show. Leave us a review if you're feeling extra generous. Please comment and give feedback on the show using the comment section on tech.eu or alternatively reach out to us on Twitter at Neil S.W. Murray or at Roxanne Vaza or at tech underscore EU. But that's it for this week. Thank you, Roxanne. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil.